Hi guys, welcome back to the Original Judo Podcast. Uh, today we are talking about the women's pound for pound. It has been a few weeks since we ran the men's pound for pound best of the decade. Um, so today we are doing the women's best of the last decade. So really excited about that, but also delighted to have um, guests on today. She... Uh, is host of one of the only other judo podcasts. It's very exciting. Um, if you haven't listened to the judo edit, please go and check it out. There's loads of guests on there that you'll recognize. But today we welcome the host of the judo edit podcast, Melissa Budiato. Melissa, how are you doing? Hi, James. I'm really well. Thanks. And it's very honored to be uh, on the original judo podcast. Um, <laughs> thanks for having me. Um, I did pick that name because it would, uh, uh, force everybody else to be <laughs> to recognize to be secondary <laughs> uh, even no, though but, but for real you were the pioneer so credit to you i don't think so i think um dave roman's judo chop suey beat me by a couple of months so it's very disappointing i hadn't realized when i named it so um <laughs> thanks so much for coming on massively yeah appreciate you giving the time and hopefully i can return the favor at some point uh we're gonna get on to talking about the women's pound for pounds best of the decade um but first yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about the judo edit I, i've recently I've, I've listened to all the episodes i've listened to the david groom one recently he's a name who's going to be familiar to a lot of the uh older british judoka um for 81s and 90s over here years ago and i think he's moved out there and it's a great interview but tell us a little bit about the podcast yeah, so a couple of years ago, I think it was in 2017, uh, I'd been listening to a lot of podcasts. I just sort of discovered them around that time. Um, uh, listening, listened to a lot of Tim Ferriss, who is famous for his long form style interviews and stumbled across, uh, the original judo podcast, uh, of course, which is hosted by yourself. So, uh, I was one of, I was a very avid listener. I listened to, many of the episodes multiple times uh i can remember some were from uh nakota davis i think i listened to hers like five times um had some of uh maddie dequino from australia on there so um james andrew arthur so yeah multiple listens on that one as well um and yeah basically felt really inspired by the work that you were doing and uh at one stage i remember there was one episode where you basically put out a call for other people to start podcasts around judo as well and I thought well now's my chance <laughs> the universe is telling me to go so <laughs> I <laughs> decided to start uh, I guess my own little little podcast um, you know just uh, got had uh, the president of judo New South Wales uh, Nick Lowe is a very like he's a startup tech guy and uh I told him about the idea. I was like, yeah, I'm thinking of maybe starting this. And of course, like as a startup person, he was just like, just, just go for it. Like stop overthinking it. Just do it. Um, and so that was how the judo edit started uh, in 2017. Oh, that's awesome. Like, how, how do you find it? Because I think there is such a big space there for judo media of, of all forms. You know, there's a lot on YouTube or there's certainly a lot of highlight reels on YouTube and there's more and more coaches doing uh technical stuff but if you look at that kind of podcasting space for a long time it's been you me and uh the chop suey podcast and i think coronavirus has been quite good but <laughs> there's been there's been yeah. nothing 
Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I'm surprised. Uh, so my first season was in 2017. I picked it back up again this year. And I'm surprised that in the interim, not many others have sprung up. I, I sort of expected there would be maybe five or six more. Um, but no, you're right. Uh, I think media within judo is quite reliant on what the IJF is putting out. And um, there's a lot of opportunities for people to sort of put out uh, put out some of their own materials, talk about their interpretations of judo. And I guess one of the things I personally love about sport um, is hearing about the stories behind the athletes, behind the people. And um, so podcasting, I think, is just a really great avenue to do that. Um, and I personally have found it really great to just, uh, like, it just, it gives me the opportunity to talk to these athletes who I never would have connected with, never would have had the opportunity, you know, um, you know, talk to like the likes of like Sabrina Filsmoser, talk to, um, you know, uh, David Groom, like you mentioned, um, he, he's in Sydney, but I would never speak to him. We train at the same time, but he was like completely other ops, like end of the mat with the heavyweights and I would never talk to him. <laughs> and now I know so much about his story and it just amazes me like, uh, what doors it's opened as well. So yeah, it's, it's been a really fun journey. Have you found it getting guests on the podcast? Are people happy to talk to you or do you have to coax them or? Yeah, look, it's, it's been a bit of a mixed reaction. Obviously the people that I know and that I have connections with personally are happy to do it. Um, I've been trialing just reaching out cold to, through like social media to people and, um, that's been starting to gain traction. Um, I guess you sort of, I've, I've been reaching other the people who, have recently, um, uh, I guess, put out products that they'd like to sell mm-hmm. or um, who seem to be very social media savvy because they know that social media and media is the way to go in terms of building a profile, building yourself up as a professional athlete. Like a lot of that is reliant on how much exposure you get nowadays. So that's sort of the avenue that I've been taking. Awesome. Why um, Why do you run your show like through seasons? Um, I massively regret just doing endless um back-to-back <laughs> pods yeah I, now I you set the expectation <laughs> yeah it, it feels there is a pressure to keep churning them out and i know i go through massive periods where i just don't do anything for like five months or six months yeah sorry i interrupted you um but uh yeah no you know a, a confession is that i didn't initially plan to run it three seasons um, I ran it through, ran it through 2017 and then, uh, it took up a lot of time that I didn't have for, uh, at, at that stage of like towards the end of the season. Um, and so I had to sort of put the podcast down for a little while and I wasn't, I didn't want to completely shut off that avenue, but like, um, it was effectively on, uh, what's, what's that word? Um, anyway, it was just on pause, <laughs> I yeah. guess. And then until, until I felt like I had the time and the motivation to pick it up again. And when I did, I thought, well, it's been, it's been a while. I better rebrand this season two. Um, so that's, that's how the seasons came about. Oh, uh, no, I love it. I think it's a great idea. And, um, I just worry that if I committed to season two now, each season would be like 40 episodes long. Yep. Um, <laughs> so how did, for seasons yeah how did you how did you get started in judo what's your judo background um yeah so my judo background I guess started when I was eight years old uh my dad wanted me to get into sport I was pretty terrible at tennis and pretty terrible at swimming um (laughs) 
and I think uh, Dad then had done some judo when he was in uni. Um, so he then took me to to a judo class, and I really liked it. Um, it sort of felt like it came naturally to me. I think I sort of garried a girl in my very first, you know, um, very first class. Uh, probably terrible technique, sort of garry, but just stuck my leg there and pushed her over it. Um, and from from then on, like I just wanted to keep coming back and. Uh, yeah, that was how I sort of started as an eight-year-old. I started getting into uh, some competitions as I got into got to like uh, maybe ten or eleven, um, and started just competing in Australia from around that age. Awesome. And um, how do you compete in Australia? I've had um, other guests on from that side of the equator before, and they kind of talk about the challenges of finding kind of randori partners um are you, you're in sydney which is i guess a pretty major city do you struggle to find other women who are 63s and 70s or is your club particularly strong uh look i think one of the things that makes it strange about australia is that sydney's a big city but it's also quite widespread so the club's are quite disparate and even when we bring them together for, for like state training it's still a bit of a struggle so uh yeah it's been a bit of a challenge i usually end up fighting uh the same you know three women um at training even if it's state training um i'm really lucky at the current club that i'm training at um it's actually a, a very new club called judo matsu um and it's run by oren yaniv who used to be a 73 kilo fighter um there's a, another woman there who's 63 kilos, and so we're pretty set training partners. Uh, but in cool. terms of, um, you know, growing up uh, and trying to find training partners, I just train with a lot of the guys, um, you know, 60-kilo guys, 66-kilo guys, um, make you faster, make you stronger. You know, you, I can't change much about it, so I'm just trying to look at the positives. Cool. Um, and, yeah, before we move on to uh, the the – Pound for pound. Um, what are your what are your goals for judo? What are your goals for the podcast? Where do you want to go with it all? Yeah, so I think uh, this this year in terms of the podcast, um, I am aiming to finish season two. So I'm aiming to have about ten episodes in that one. Where yeah, and I'm I'm not sure if what what further seasons there'll be. Um, hopefully, if it gains more traction, I will be able to continue with further seasons. But um, yeah, look, I, I think. In terms of the podcast, I'd like to keep that going and also keep collaborating with like the likes of yourself. Um, there's another podcast it run out of Australia called, um, sorry, it's run out of, uh, run out of Australia by a New Zealander, um, called the Fighters Performance Podcast. Um, and so just trying to build that sort of community around judo media. Is, is that Mark? That's Mark, yes. Mark Brewer. Brewer. Ah, yes. is he, you know, oh, fantastic. Is that still going? Yeah, look, it's it's hit a bit of a pause, but I've been helping him and I'm trying to get him to do a collaboration as well, like we're doing here. Oh, I love Mark. He used to be my training partner in Scotland. Oh, for real? He was here for a year. Ah, this is amazing. Oh, please. We should you, do a three-way collaboration podcast. I would love that. Oh, he's such a good guy. Yeah, he's 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 so funny and such a like a good like. Uh, performance-minded person you know yeah definitely yeah oh fantastic a small world it Um, is a small world it might be a yeah yeah yeah, for sure and i'm sorry and the second half of your question was uh goals in judo 
okay, let me think. Um, so I don't really have any set goals in judo at the moment. I've been competing for the last few years just around Australia, um, uh, doing, you know, small, they call them international competitions here, but in truth, they're mainly Australian competitions because we're so far away from, you know, the rest of the world. Um, so just to compete in Australia, I'd really love to win uh, a nationals at senior level, which I haven't yet achieved, won a couple of junior nationals. Um, so that's sort of the main goal. And um, I, I'm just going to see where it goes from there. Awesome. Um, that's really cool. So if people do want to check out the podcast, and I'll mention this again at the end, um, where can they find it? What do you think is a particularly good episode for people to start with? Okay, so a really good episode for people to start with, I would say, is uh, Season 2, Episode 3. Um, that's with Sabrina Filsmoser. She is um, an absolute gun. She's just turned 40 yesterday and still competing on the judo circuit. She's just amazing in terms of motivation and mindset. And I think anyone, uh, whether they're a judoka themselves, whether they're young, whether they're a parent of a judoka, will be able to uh, learn from it and even enjoy just the stories that she has. Um, she's incredible. She, you know, uh, climbs mountains and flies planes and all that. Um, and the judo edit can be found on Spotify. It's on Apple. Um, I'm hoping to load it onto YouTube soon. Um, but basically, yeah, all major podcast providers, uh, just type it in and away you go. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. So let's start talking about the best women of the last decade. So uh, as pretty much as soon as coronavirus started, I ran a series of polls for people to decide who were the best players um, in each category. And a couple of weeks ago, we ran the men's kind of pound for pound winners. Um, and out of that, the two finalists were... Ono and Iliadis and I think the men's was quite a predictable um, chain of events it was always going to be between three three guys Iliadis, Ono and and perhaps Rinna I think the women's we've got 14 names I know you're going to give me another one Um, I've got another one in mind as well Um, and I I think there's so many names on there so many great champions I think it's really difficult to predict. So, quick rundown of the, the 14 names. We've got Belodid and Tanaki at 48s. We've got Kelmende and Abe at 52s. Matsumoto and Deguchi at 57s. Tristignac and Agbegninu at 63s. At 70s, it's Dikos and Tachimoto. 78s, it's Harrison and Chumeo. And at plus 78s, we've got Asahina and Ortiz. Now, Everybody on there is a world champion. Um, there's a lot of Olympic medals on there. Is there anyone who stands out for you uh, that you, you know, as, as or have you got a favourite from the last decade? Look, it's so hard to define a favourite. Like you said, uh, everyone is <laughs> everyone is a world champion. Um, look, my favourite's got to be Matsumoto sitting there in the in the fifty sevens. She just seems to be such an amazing fighter. Um, very versatile and, you know, she's in one of the hardest weight divisions for women, um, and managed to achieve amazing results. So Matsumoto is a favourite of mine. Um, who's your favourite, James? Um, personally, it's, uh, Lucy Dicos. Um, I think she, she had 
such a great style of judo, but it was also a style of judo that, that influenced mine. Like her Ouchi Gary was unbelievable. Um, and that kind of hopping Ken Ken style, driving through your opponent. And I very much tried to uh, copy that. Um, well, yeah. it was a pale, pale imitation, terrible, terrible <laughs> copy. But yeah. I think she was really dynamic. She was so dominant. Um, she's obviously got Olympic silver uh, in 2008. But right at the start of the decade, that 2010 to 2012, she won two worlds and an Olympic Games back to back. She was, for me, she was unbeatable at that point. I think yeah. there are a lot of other names on there that are, um, you know, you you could you could argue. Anyone else stand out for you? Um, Ortiz is sitting there with a lot of a lot of silverware and a lot of gold, and and uh, you know, I think her trophy shelf would be very heavy. Um, I think um one one of my sort of wild card entries is now the time to nominate. Yeah, go oh, for it. Yeah, for later. You've, <laughs> you've got my, you've got one entry, so don't, if you've got a handful of names in your head, hold on to it. Hold on to it. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Um, so my wild card entry is uh, Anne Kume from uh, North Korea. She's at fifty-two kilos, um, and she, I think, is just a really strange and interesting one to throw in the mix because a, I don't think many people will have heard of her when I say that name. Um, and forgive me, anyone from North Korea, I'm probably not pronouncing it correctly. Um, but she actually only shows up at major events. Look, I'm not sure what the political situation is like in North Korea with the athletes, but, yeah, she only shows up for, like, world championships and Olympic Games, and she's had some incredible results. Um, but when you sort of look at, um, you know, her Masters and Grand Slam and Grand Prix results, everyone else has you know, up at least 20 different medals, and she's only got one there. So I think that wow. is, that is uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really big difference, and so I thought she'd be an interesting one to throw in the mix. I like that. Who, who else made your, your shortlist? Um, well, Kayla Harrison, of course, is going to be on there. You know, two gold medals, um, and she's the only one to do that in the last decade. So Kayla Harrison is definitely on that list. She's got such uh, ferocity she's not not afraid to, to fight hard and I think she just takes it to whoever her opponent is so yeah she's definitely on that list for me awesome so I, I do think I, I I agree with you Anne is um really interesting name to throw in there she was in the the opening rounds with the the other 52s um that Kelmende and Abe kind of came through and she was the only athlete throughout the whole vote who scored 0% of the vote and I oh, think wow, that really? is <laughs> so I don't think it stands your pick in good stead but I think it reflects as well what you're saying like she only comes yeah. out for the big events um, yeah. yeah I was gonna gonna say could I also ask you a question in terms of how you are defining um, you know pound for pound best is it based on world championship results is it based on Olympic results uh, and <laughs> Was it a fighting style? You know, how how are we how are we uh, putting the rules in place here? So to make the to make the qualifying rounds, the which I guess was the best in each weight, fighters had to have a world championship win. Um, there were a handful of fight athletes who judoka who got there without a world championship win, but that was purely because we had seven in a group. 
um, and I wanted to get a nice round eight. Um, but everybody who won those categories had a world or Olympic gold. Um, I think looking down the list of uh, people who are there, the one who has the fewest um, international results is Tanaki of Japan, who's only got one world gold. Um, Abe as well, she's got two world golds. Um, and obviously Belodid's only got two world golds. Again, those athletes are very young, so I think that's a reflection yeah. of them it's being dominant. The last she got two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, you don't make the cut. You you only just made the cut. You've only got two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got two worlds. the standard, right? <laughs> Completely. Um, who are you looking forward to seeing at the Olympics next year? Oh my goodness. Um, Look, she hasn't. I don't know if she's confirmed as qualified yet, but I'm really excited to see Deguchi um, yeah. fight. Uh, and Abe, uh, she's just. I, I saw her at the Tokyo uh, Grand Slam. I actually was in Japan for that one uh, two years ago, and she's just so explosive. Um, you know, really clean, beautiful judo. Um, you know, those days that she tacks up the grips. Um, I can't wait to see her fight. Yeah, similar. I I I want to see that uh, Abe Kelmendi matchup at some point. Um, yeah. I think that's going to be a phenomenal fight. I think it's yeah. probably wrong to write off the the French girl as well at fifty twos, who I think beat Abe earlier in the year. It's one loss for, for what a year or something. Yeah, like a streak. But um. No, that matchup, those two two girls, I think will be phenomenal. Who do you think would win there? I think, I think it will be Kel Mendy. Oh uh, really? Yeah, I think uh, she's. So this, is, this is recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, come back and bite me. <laughs> um, I think it will be Kel Mendy who wins it. Um, yeah. Based on experience or based on her? I think her based on experience. She's come back into Judah after a couple of years out or certainly a couple of years away. And she's she's already back competing at that top level. Um, I mean, I say this. Abe always looks unstoppable when she fights. So, I mean, I might be massively wrong there. <laughs> Well, I'm throwing my weight behind Abe, so we might have to review this in uh, a. <laughs> you can come and glow. You can come and glow uh, when it all goes wrong for me. Yeah, we look. You, you never, you never know. Kel, it could be Kelmendi, hey? It could be the French girl. Yeah, it could be um, Bouchard. That's who it was before we uh, yeah. not mention her name. Um, so the name I'm going to throw into the mix, the the 16th name is Iman, uh, Javriz Iman, the French girl. Again, she didn't score too highly kind of in the opening rounds, but she's the only female athlete to win world titles at two weights in the last decade. And I think that is a pretty special achievement, winning at 63s and at 70 kilos, both of your your weight categories. Um, yeah. You know, and I... I I think there was only one man to win world titles across two weights and there's only been one woman and I think it'd be a shame if she wasn't in there because I think that is a pretty incredible achievement. Yeah. So, uh, 
what we'll do is this will go up on the Sunday. The groups will go up on the Sunday. Um, they will run through to the Wednesday. People can vote on them. And the Wednesday, Thursday will be the semi-finals, and Friday will be the final. Um, I will throw the groups up online uh, on the Sunday as well, so people can have a look. Have I have I gone through the groups? Have I done that? Have I not done that? Uh, you haven't sort of specifically delineated which groups are like the which weight categories are in each group. Have I not? Ah, oh, no. So I've split it up. So in in Group A, we've got Deguchi, uh, Tristan Yak, Belodid, and Tachimoto, which I think will be uh, quite interesting. Um, in Group B, we've got Dekos, Matsumoto, uh, Ortiz, and Agbegnenu. Oh, that's a tough group. <laughs> group of death, right there. Definitely. Who would you Who would you go with? Who stands out? Who are you gonna Who are you gonna uh, float? Abegnanu, like, I can't believe that she hasn't won a world, uh, she hasn't won the Olympic Games yet. Uh, I think four world championship gold medals really shows her quality. Um, but her and Matsumoto, my goodness. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Look, I, I'm still backing Matsumoto. Awesome. Um, who, do you think Abegnanu has got the enough Ina to win the games next year. Oh, I'm never. I'm, I don't think I'm going to write her off. She's such a explosive fighter. Um, she can go in so many, diff- throw in so many different directions, and she's got so much experience behind her that I think um, she's got a chance. Awesome. With the loss, with the with like Teddy's recent loss, there's really only herself and Ono in the men's who have, like, such a dominant run over the last four or five years. Um, yeah, I think if you're a gambling person, I think she's as good a bet as any for a, for an Olympic title. <laughs> um, group C, you've got Chimeo, you've got Harrison, Asahina and Tanaki. Um, I think Harrison stands out in that group for me. I agree. And then in Group D, we have Iman, Abe, Kelmende, and Anne. So already you've got that Abe-Kelmende matchup. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll see who everyone else favours at the moment at this stage between us. I know you're firmly Team Abe, um, but I'll be um, hesitantly uh, Team Kelmende. Who do you think will come through that group? Look, I, I, I still would back Abe, but I wouldn't write off Ahn either because she won the, she's won one gold medal at the Olympics and one silver medal at the Olympics. No world championships, but, um, you know, it shows that she can show up at major events, um, and can perform under pressure. So she may not be like a, you know, uh, internet, so, uh, internet favorite in terms of popularity, but she's got the judo merits there. Awesome. So I like I like that you're sticking with your guns and uh yeah 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 running with your <laughs> your nomination. Yeah, well, in the last in the last decade, she has uh, if we're splitting the categories between the lighter weights and the heavyweights, so say all the categories under 63. Yeah. She actually has the most Olympic 
uh, Olympic wins because she's got one gold and one silver medal, which nobody else has achieved that. The closest is Matsumoto with uh, one gold and one bronze or yeah. Paula Pareto in 48s with uh, one gold, one bronze. So, look, Arne's got, got some – on paper, she could do some damage. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, people will listen to this and they'll yeah. go away and they'll Google her. Um, Guys, I spreadsheeted everything and compared it. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, right, guys, when you hear this, please get out and vote. Um, be great to, yeah, get lots of votes on this. Let us know as well who you think will win. Um, obviously, Twitter is where I am most active, but I will be uh, posting this up on Instagram and Facebook as well. It's at Original Judo Pod. Um, Melissa, thanks again so much for your time. Can you just remind everybody where to find the Judo Edit podcast? My pleasure, James. So uh, if you just open up Spotify, if you open up Apple or if you open up whatever your preferred podcast host is, uh, just <laughs> type in Judo Edit uh, and it should pop up. The logo is just a little black square um, with the words the judo edit in white. So just give it a click, uh, hit subscribe, and you're good to go. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time. You take care and uh, maybe get back in touch when we've got the final results. Thanks, James. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait to see who wins. <laughs>